Desert Storm Combat Veteran, United States Marine Corps, Larry Bynum. Mr. Bynum, are you ready? Hoorah. <laughs> Man, y'all be killing me with that. All right, all right. All right, we going to get into it then. All right. Urban Christian Veterans provides a safe place for Christian veterans of color to discuss the challenges you face in your daily lives. Being a person of color has its challenges. Being a Christian has its challenges. Being a veteran has its challenges. All of those factors being combined makes for a unique and sometimes difficult life experience that is seldom talked about in public forums. Thank you for tuning in to the Urban Christian Veterans Podcast. Here's your host, D. Allen Rose. Thank you, Aaron, for that wonderful introduction. This is D. Allen Rose, and you are listening to the Urban Christian Veterans Podcast. So, how are you today? How you feeling? Uh, a little agitated today, but I'm doing okay. Yeah, agitated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, make you feel a little better as as. Oh yeah. As we go on, so before we get too far into it, do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I'm 52, grandfather of five, a father of three. Um, been with my wife, wife 18 years. Um, I feel that I'm a good man. Just going through some things right now with my head. Um, I'm working on that. Um, it's, it's a little tough for me right now. A little tough. A little tough for my family. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they can be patient with me. But, uh, Hopefully the doctors can help me out. You know, my brothers that I have grouped with, you know, they helping me out a lot. Um, but I'm hanging in there, taking it day by day, and I just put my trust in God. I mean, that's all I can do, you know, so I know he's going to look out for me. Okay, right on, brother. You know, and, and as always, we pray that things get better for you. Um, we put it out there so we know it's going to happen. So... We just gonna uh, claim that and say that that's what's gonna happen. Oh yeah. So, if you could go back to the day you got out of the service and run into your your younger self, what advice would you give your younger self on the day that you got out of the service? Don't don't wait. Don't don't wait. Go ahead and do what you got to do. You know, when when I first got out. It was like my last day in the Marine Corps. They tried to demote me. Now, mind you, I was the youngest sergeant in the Second Marine Division over in Desert Storm. I got meritoriously promoted to Lance Corporal, meritoriously promoted to Corporal. I won a PFT, a battalion-sized PFT, three years in a row. That means there's a thousand Marines. We all doing a physical fitness test. I came in first three years in a row. I was an outstanding Marine. I get back and I go to my, uh, I left Alabama and went back to Maryland and the CEO up there who graduated from Stanford, who was on a track team and who lost to me in the PFT now was the CEO and he was still upset with me. So my last day, they tried to demote me. I requested mass and, uh, my, uh, Lieutenant Colonel who was in California he kind of went off on them, you know, for trying to demote me because I didn't do nothing wrong. You know, they was trying to make up stuff on me, which they had no proof, no evidence, but they wanted to demote me. So um, it didn't happen. You know, when I went when, on my last day, it didn't happen. So when I got out, I was a little salty, you know, with the Marine Corps, but I love my Marine Corps brothers. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's just wherever you go, there's going to be buttholes everywhere. You know, in the military, out of the military. So I kind of, when I got out, I didn't like go straight into work or anything like that. I, I partied for like two years. You know, I didn't do nothing. I mean, I worked a little security job or whatever, but 
I didn't get serious until about two years later. I got with the federal government working for um Department of Transportation under the first black transportation secretary, Secretary Slater. And uh, my mom got me the job because she's you know works with FCC and uh, she had some hookups and stuff. But I kind of wish I would have started as soon as I got out. So I would tell myself to not wait. Just go ahead and, and start life. Instead of holding a grudge against, you know, a, a guy that isn't worth five seconds of my time, you know, I I held that grudge for a couple of years, you know, until I woke up. And um, I got with the federal government. I was doing good. The, the, my supervisor, she was a GS9. I got in there as a GS5. And I got promoted to GS7. She left. So I was supposed to get promoted to GS9 to do her job. But a year goes by. Nothing happened. I didn't say nothing. I kept doing my job. I was the best at it. And then uh, about another half year goes by. I didn't hear nothing. But one day, I know this ain't no relation to your question, but one day, my, uh, I, I was working for, um, uh, who's I with? Uh, I was on the top floor. I mean, the ninth floor. It's 10 floors at the old uh, DOT building. Uh, it's 10 floors. I was on the ninth floor with public affairs. That's what I was running for. And um, the guy who's in charge of public affairs, his underling was my boss. And both of their names were Bill. So the underling, I guess he was upset for not being the big man or whatever. But anyways, one day he goes off on one of the secretaries, an old black lady, about 65. She was going to retire the next year. Now, this guy made her cry. I'm sorry. I'm not going to stand for seeing uh, any any woman, black, white, whatever, cry. So I went in there. I mean, I asked her what was going on. And, you know, she was just so upset. Then the other secretary started crying and stuff. So, you know, I I went back to my office. and I had to think about it. You know, like, why are they crying? And I just couldn't take it no more. I didn't knock on his door. I just went right into his door. I said, we got to talk. I said, look, man, if I ever, ever see another woman come out of your office crying, it's going to be a bad day for you. It's going to be a real bad day for you. It's not a threat. It's a promise. So you do what you got to do. I'm going to definitely do what I got to do. So I figured they're going to fire me. So I started getting my things ready. Oh, and he was scared. He was real scared. And uh, I started getting my things ready, started packing my stuff. I just knew I was getting fired. I get a call not even 15 minutes later from the head boss, the big bill. And uh, he wanted me to come to his office. I'm like, man, why should I go to his office? I'm fired. I mean, he could come down here and tell me. But I went up there and uh, I just walked in. I said, look, I know I'm fired, but I'm sorry. I can't you know, accept that. I don't, I, don't, I don't care who it is coming out of anybody's office crying. That's going to upset me. And he said, no, 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 Larry, that's not it. He said, I just want you to know that you're doing an outstanding job. And, uh, yeah, it's messed up what happened. And I'm going to handle that, believe that. But I just want you to know, you know, you got your promotion. Right on. I should have took the promotion. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, man. And that's, yeah, that that's uh one of my regrets, you know, because I would have been a GS9, and that was 19, what, 90... I want to say 96 or 97, something like that. I think it might have been 96. Wow. But anyways, right now I'll be retired, GS-15 or something. But, you know, me with the headstrong dummy, you know, I didn't do what I was, you know, supposed to be doing. So that was a mess up right there. But it also led me to my my, my, my favorite job, which was working with – um the elderly helping them low income senior citizens get jobs. Okay. It's called the CSEP program. Okay. The SCSEP and the senior community service employment program. And I love that job is the best job I've ever had helping people help many people. And uh, it, it just made me feel good, you know? So even though I, I left the government feeling like, wow, you know, I shouldn't have quit, but it led me to something else. You know, like they say, one door closes, another one opens. But like I said, I would tell myself not to wait because I wish I would have did it right after I got out, you know, the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. I waited two years. It's like I wasted two years of my life. 
You know, I wish I could have those two years back, you know. But that's because I didn't know at that time I had PTSD. Mm. A person in their right mind wouldn't have quit their job about to get promoted to GS9 after mm. they cursed out, cursed out their boss, wow. you know. Right. And the other boss is like, yo, we're going to promote you, you know. So I didn't know back then. You know, a lot of things that I look back on, I didn't know I had PTSD. Mm. And I reflect on a lot of things and, you know, I thought it was just life. You know, I, I thought it, I mean, before the military and after the military, I wouldn't have did that. Mm. You know, I wouldn't have did that, but it was like a, something in my head, you know, just not clicking right. And, you know, I, I just wish I would have got help sooner. Mm. You know, maybe those two years, if I would have got evaluated or something and got the help I needed then instead of waiting what, 20 years later, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I'm glad I'm getting help now, but I wish I would have got it back then, but I didn't know. Right. I didn't, I, I couldn't even spell PTSD, you right. know? Right, right, But um, I didn't mean to talk to the doctor. No, you know, no, bad. no, listen, man, listen. When you said that just then, that sparked something in me because you said something that I think is key to this whole podcast that we're doing, and that is being an urban Christian veteran, being, being of color, being a believer and being a veteran all have its challenges. And as you were talking through that scenario, I could see where that scenario touches a little bit of everything that we have to deal with. Right. I don't know the racial makeup of the bills that you mentioned of the bill and the bill, the big bill, the little bill. Um, right, right. Both of them white. Obviously, I wasn't gonna go there, but but the point is, <laughs> the point is how we navigate the world and things happen in our in our current situations or, or or what have you. We have to act accordingly, and because of our background and our experiences and whatnot, you made an assumption. I know I'm fired just because of how we came up, the history of how we're treated. In certain situations. So that is so key. The other thing you said, the other thing you said was, I wish I would have got help sooner. And again, that touches two, two aspects, right? The first aspect is, you know, we don't like to go to the doctor, right? We don't, (laughs) we, we typically in our community, especially men, we don't, we don't fool with the doctor too tough. But on top of that, military personnel are taught suck it up and drive on whatever's going on with you suck it up and so you said that and i just wanted to bring bring attention to that i think that was so important and i think so many people out there including me will hear what you just said and say man i can relate to that because that in a future life when i'm doing another episode and i may share my story the same thing you know i didn't work where you worked but the same thing happened to me where you know some stuff happened in my career that I didn't know I was dealing with what I'm dealing with. I didn't know I had PTSD and it has a tendency to make you make some wild decisions. And I made some decisions, oh, yes. <laughs> right? So it, it, yes. it skews your, your, your judgment. And I made some decisions I shouldn't have made and it cost me as well. So I'm feeling you brother. I'm, I'm right there with you with that. So along those lines, let me ask you this question. What is the one thing most people get wrong or misunderstand about you? I, I think they take my kindness for a weakness. You know, I, I'll help anybody. I mean, my wife gets mad at me sometimes because not like since we've been in Georgia, we probably had about six people move in with us. Three of them were homeless. One had a family. She had four kids, uh, three kids uh, one was in high school and the other two were in middle school, something like that. You know, they were living in her car. And my wife was going to uh, Cordon Blue at the time. This is a few years ago, back in like 2012, something like that. You know, and she met her. They were walking to, you know, at the class, just going to their cars. And she saw the kids in the car. And, you know, she went over there to meet, my wife went over there to meet her kids. And she sees, you know, all the clothes and all kinds of stuff. And she said, yeah, uh, you know, we're having a tough time now, whatever. And we, we, you know, sometimes have to stay in the car. You know, usually we have a hotel room, but 
they were hurting that week, you know, that she couldn't afford it. So um, my wife called me and, you know, I told them they could come to our house at that time. We had another guy who uh, lived in uh, Union City, but he was living with his sister who just kicked him out. And my wife knew him. And I knew him a little, you know, but I didn't know him like that. But I knew he needed some help. He helped him. One time I was at Kroger's. I was uh, walking to my car. I see a guy next to me in his car, clothes everywhere, and he's crying. So I started talking to him, and, uh, oh, man. <laughs> his his, his fiancée was pregnant, mm. and uh, they had another little girl, and it was, uh, they were at her sister's house. And the sister only got two bedrooms. There's already six people there. So they couldn't go mm. there. And uh, they, they had a hotel room where they got kicked out of that because he didn't pay. So, of course, my dummy self, you know, well, not dumb, but, you know, I'd say, well, why don't you come to the house? We'll speak with my wife and see what we can do. So um, I let him stay here for a little while. But it's, it's I'll, I'll help. I'll try to help anybody. I don't care what color you are, what religion you are, whatever. If you need help, if I can help, I'm going to help. You know, that same guy, once he got on his feet, they try to move without, you know, help me out you know what i'm saying because once he you know started building his money up a little i said okay now you can pay a little rent before he left he tried to you know not pay me something so i knew he worked at i got my money and everything and the other guy who lived in union city he uh he did maintenance so he would do maintenance around the house and stuff like that but him and my wife got into it one day so he flooded the downstairs basement what the, the bathroom we have downstairs and he oh, left. Man. We had feces oh, all over man. the downstairs carpet and all that. We had to get new carpet and everything. So um, he disappeared for like two years. He thought I was going to do something to him, but I wasn't. I was just upset that he would do that. And, and think about it. I really don't think he did it. I just think, you know, it happened. And he just didn't say mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, that's what I was mad about. At least he could have said, hey, there's something going on downstairs. He didn't do that. He stayed a whole day with that down there. Cause I you just don't go downstairs, you know, somebody's right. down there. Anyways, uh, and the girl who she went to school with, the day she left, she called my wife for, you know, B I T C you know. And I'm like, wow, you know, these people I help out, then they're gonna disrespect, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like I told my wife nobody else. And then uh my youngest son needed help. So he's here now with uh his family and uh they getting back on their feet. But, you know, I'll help anybody, but it's, it's at the same token, I mean, people would take my kindness for a weakness. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I get upset sometimes and I, I get enraged, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's why, you know, a lot of them leave because they don't want to see my bad side. They, they know there's a bad side because they might have seen it somewhere else, you know, out, I don't know, anywhere. So they don't, they don't, they didn't want that on them. So they knew if something happened with my wife or, you know, my family or something, they knew they didn't want to see me, you know? And, but the same token, I, I just, I just hate seeing people struggle. You know, I, I'm, I'm not doing that good myself, but if I got it, you know, I, I try to help somebody else, you know, the next man. And, and like, uh, I just quit my job last year at Delta. Because I've been on disability for seven years, since 2015. And I figured, hey, you know what? Let somebody else have that slot, you know? But in the meantime, I done got six people hired. You know, I tell them, hey, this is what you got to do, you know, blah, 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 you know? But it would have been eight people, but the guy told his roommate, the roommate got the job, and the girl told her family, her sister got the job. So I always tell them, don't tell your left hand what your right hand going to do, but, you know, they're going right, to tell... Right. And they ain't going to get no job. Yeah, so, I mean, I, th- I think it's uh, people take my kindness for a weakness because I help anybody. I, I had a, uh, I, I do Ubers sometimes, and um, I used to do the one where I pick up people. I don't do that too much now. I do the fools now because, you know, I don't, I don't want to explode on nobody because there has been times it's about to go down. But um, this one time... When uh, they had the one where, I forgot what it's called, but, you know, like, you can order Uber 
then somebody else can order an Uber and y'all ride together. Um, yeah, the pool. They, they had a name for it, but it's a pool. share ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pool. That's mm-hmm. it. The pool. So um, I had these two black girls in the back seat, and then I had to pick up somebody else. Boom. It's a skinhead. Oh, wow. How do I know it's a skinhead? He had the suspenders on. He had the boots on, skinhead, and a, a, a swastika. Mm. So the black girl is like, oh, hell no. Nah. Don't let him in the car. Don't let him in the car. He sat up front with me. Mm-hmm. I let the, I, I dropped them off first, the two good girls. Me and him had a 40-minute ride. By the time we got the car, by the time he got the car, we exchanged numbers. He's not a skinhead. No mm. You know, we talked. I mean, at first, at first now, for the first five minutes, I was like, F him. I turned the music up, my rap music up. Like, you know, he's just going <laughs> to ride with me. And then I had to think about it. You know, hold on, man. I, I, I turned my music down. I looked at him. I was like, he's about 30-something. You know, I said, excuse me, sir, can I ask you a question? And he said, yeah, go ahead. And I'm like, you know, why do you hate me? Now, I'm thinking, you know, I'm bigger than him. He ain't going to answer that. <laughs> right, right. Well, he, he looked back at me, and he's like, you really want to know? I'm like, oh, shoot. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I want to know, you know. He said when he, when he was six years old, his dad left him. It was just him mm-hmm. and his mother. These two black guys broke in the house. This was down... I want to say, uh, not Macon, um, what's that college, uh, the Black College in Georgia? Uh, uh, Which way? I can't think of it right now. Uh, going south, like, like near Florida. Um, you got uh, 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 near Florida. Let's see. What are we talking? Albany? Albany State down that way? Uh, no, not, not Albany. Uh, uh, not Albany. Um, I cannot believe it. My my. One of my best friend's daughter went there, just graduated a few years ago. Uh, but anyway, I'll think of, okay. I'll think of it. It okay. comes to me. But um, where was I? Oh, so uh, he told me, you know, these two black guys killed his, you know, mother in front of him. I'm like, wow, I probably hate black mm. people too, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they were white, if they were white, would you hate white people? And that right there started our dialogue all the way, you know, I think I took him to um, a little past Kennesaw. We had a good talk, you know. Um, I didn't judge him, you know. I just wanted to hear what he had to say, and, and I gave him. Uh, I know I gave him that documentary. I didn't give it to him. I told him to check out the Thirteenth, the number one documentary of 2016. And uh, what book did I tell him? I forgot what book. It might have been Malcolm X. I, I forgot what book I told him to read. But he also told me some books to read, a video to look at, and everything. So. I didn't hear from from for like six months, and then uh, one day I was doing Uber. I had a couple in the back seat, a retired police officer and his wife, and I never answer my phone when I'm driving. But something made me—I think it was God talking to me. Something made me answer the phone. I answered. He's like, "Hey, man, I speak to Larry." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is Larry. Hey, this is Dale." Now I don't know no Dales, you know. <laughs> I'm like, "Who the hell is Dale?" <laughs> right. You know, he he uh told me, you know, he's like Dale, the skinhead. Mm. So the people in the back looking like, hold up, what, what are you saying? You know, but anyways, he, he basically was telling me. I mean, I asked the people in the back, you know, if I could answer the phone at first, you know, because I didn't want to just answer the phone. But um, they was like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So um, when they heard skinhead, they like perked up, like, hold on, we want right. to hear this, you know. But um, by the time by the time we got the phone, Dale had not only got out the skinheads, he brought two people with him. They were in the process of getting the tattoos removed. And I think they're still in Colorado. They might be back now, but it's been like over a year. But uh, they went to Colorado to try to get more people out of there. Uh, what do you call it? I forgot what he called it. It was some name they used, but he wanted to get them out of it too, you know. Because he told me I was the first black guy to not judge him, you know, because of who he is, you know. I mean, I just was talking to him, man to man, you know. And plus, we were so close. We had a 40-minute ride. You know, there's nothing but to talk. So, um, you know, I, I, I'll i try to help anybody. I don't care. When, when I was in West Virginia, that's where my mother's from. And by the way, my mother's white. Last name Hercules. Her father's from Greece, mm. you know. So, um, he was first, yeah, he was first generation. And uh, my grandmother, her mother, is from Germany. She's first generation over here, you know. So... They had 10 kids. My mom was one of them. 
And uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the holla. Mm. You ever heard of the no. holla? That's the country part of the country. Mm. Like in the hood, the hoodie hood is the hood part of the hood, you know? But um, the, the country part of the country, they call it the holla. It's like you got to go off the road to a dirt road to another dirt road to another dirt road to get to their house, you know? The ambulance ain't coming back there. Mm. But um, that's where she's from. So when she came to D.C., you know, that was like a culture shock for her, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, me, me, uh, growing up in DC, my first racism was from black people. Wow. I think I might've been about, yeah, I might've been about three or four years old. We were living in, uh, Northwest somewhere. I can't remember. I was three or four years old, but, um, I just remember, you know, not, not, not all of them, but you know, black back then it's 80% black. But not not all the black people. But I just remember some black people calling my mom, you know, an in lover, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I didn't know what that was at the time. But when I got older, I was like, wow. But um, you know, my mom had it a little rough, you know, because she didn't stay in the white part. She didn't stay in the black part either. She was like in the middle, you know. And I'm trying to think. Uh, I want to say it was off of Connecticut Avenue. Mm. I don't know exactly where it was at. She showed me, but mm-hmm. I forgot. But, um, you know, my mom had it a little rough, but, you know, my mom, she didn't raise me as a mixed child. You know what I'm saying? She she knew I was black. I can't walk into a redneck bar <laughs> and be like, hey, brothers. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not going to mm-hmm. happen. But when I was about 10 years old, I'm sorry. I'm no, no, it's cool. It's cool. But, um, okay, when I was about 10 years old, in West Virginia, me and my fa- favorite cousin, he was like a year below me. Uh, he was teaching me how to chew tobacco and we were skipping rocks on the river and all that. And uh, his mother was my first mm-hmm. cousin. She's like the oldest of the kids, you know, coming up. And um, she, uh, oh, me and Joey, you know, like I said, was chewing tobacco, which I got a little sick and uh, skipping rocks. I'm just playing. And uh, I looked up on the hill. I see these guys in white robes. No. Putting up a cross. Oh, <laughs> I knew what t- I was 10 years old, but I knew what time it was. So we ran. I told Joey, let's run. He didn't know what was going on. But we ran back to his house and told my cousin, well, his mom. And uh, she made one phone call. And I think about six of my uncles showed up, about probably 10 of my cousins, all of them white, all of them rednecks, mm. hillbillies. I mean, you, you, whatever you want to call them. But they was there because I was mm. there. All of them had guns. And uh, I don't think my Uncle Louie was there. I think Chuck was still there. He was in Vietnam. They, they both were Marines in Vietnam. But Uncle Chuck and uh, I think Uncle Gary and a couple of my cousins went up to the hill with their guns and told them they can't do that right here. They're not doing that right here. And the guys took it down. And they you know went somewhere else or whatever. But that that right there, like I, I reflect on that sometimes. You know, when I hear about you know brothers talking about the white devil or the white man ain't nothing. Nah, nah. Mm. There's good and bad in every race. You know, there's good and bad in every race. I mean, I, I, I put it like this. Name me one white street in America you won't walk down. <laughs> Do you? You can't name one. A, right? a white street that I won't walk down? Let, let me tell you something. Yeah, white neighborhood. Huh? It depends on what type of day it is. <laughs> There's some that I, I can right, right, true that. <laughs> I probably can take you to, but especially here in Georgia. You know what I'm saying? I, right, right. But I'm just saying, now if I do that with the black street, you can come off about 30 streets right to tip, and that's just in DC. <laughs> I mean, you got Chicago, true. you got all these all these hoods right. that I'm not going down some of the streets. You know, I done had guns in my head, I done been robbed and all that stuff. White man ain't do that. You know, so I'm just saying. We got to just look at it as good and bad instead of white and black. We already know we got it bad. We're 13% of the population. I feel you. We're we doing the best we can. Now, if we stuck together, if we was united, it wouldn't be all this police brutality like it is. It wouldn't be all this, you know, people not not trying to make us equal and all that like it is. If we was united, half of our problems would be gone. Probably even more than that. But we can't unite. 
You know what, brother? You know, and that just makes me mad because. No, I, I I didn't mean to cut you uh, off. But it, you said you you said a mouthful, and, and it, it amazes me that. Yeah, no, no, it, it's it's amazing to me how when you and I talk, you know, we talk all the time, and every time we talk, I learn just how similar our lives are. You talk about being multiracial and your first racist experience being, you know, coming from D.C., from those who look like you. What's funny is, you know, we talked, you know, you know, the hood I grew up in, you know, where, you know, the, the neighborhood. In fact, for us to talk and find out that we grew up right around the corner from each other is amazing to me. Right. You know, but but guess what? My mother is Filipino. And. Oh, wow. <laughs> so and 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 by your reaction, obviously, you couldn't tell, you know, you probably could say, well, something something going on with him. But I ain't gonna say that. You know, that's what most people say. Yeah. So my mother's Filipino. Right. And guess what? Same experience, brother. The 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 first, I guess, first time I ever became conscious of racism came from people who look like me in that hood. And, you know, I never really shared that with a whole lot of people. I'm cool with a lot of them now, you know, thanks to Facebook and whatnot. But, But when you're a child and you experience those things, you never forget. And so when I see their faces today and we cool and we, you know, whatever, I think back to those days where I was like, I remember when you said this, 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 and this, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, kids can be cruel. You know what I mean? Kids could, could come out with the, the most nasty, vile, they don't mean the kids, they don't know no better. And so that's what I chalk it up to. But the point is my first experience with quote unquote racism came from people being racist towards me because of what my mother looked like. So yeah. I feel you on that. I, I, again, we, we, we probably have to have another conversation about that one day, um, much longer one, uh, because. Just to let you know, my, my wife is a blazing too. Oh, yeah? <laughs> my, yeah, my wife is, yeah, her, her mom is Japanese. Blazing. Okay, right on. That's a, that's a new yeah. one. I'll accept that one. Blazing. Oh, you never heard <laughs> nah, that? No. You never heard that? It's, oh, man. I ain't babe, never heard that. That's, that's nah, it's cool. It's cool. Blazing. Oh, right yeah. on. So, yeah. so, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is eye opening um, for me. Oh, by the way, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but um, you said college, you said Macon, and Fort Valley just popped in my head. Is that what you were thinking of? Fort Valley State, Mercer? Um, nah, nah. I think we did the A. And it wasn't Albany. Uh, not Albany. It has like the, it looked like a plantation <laughs> here and there. Got the pretty trees. No, I mean, it's, it's a pretty city. I mean, it's a real Okay. Little, okay. Um, I can't think of it. I don't know. It just, I don't know why that just popped in yeah, my I head. Cannot. But um, not to get <laughs> off on it. It just, when you, you know, again, every time we speak, man, it, it's amazing how we probably just need to have a sit down. And I need to just say, all right, just lay it all out. Cause I keep hearing stuff that you grew up right around the corner. <laughs> you, you, you know, and and we just never crossed paths before, but this is, you know, this is just how God works. But also, man, you right, you right. you you touched on, you know, so much that I think is is important in terms of the uh, the purpose and and why I'm even doing this. Because as you as you were talking, you mentioned things that you know we we have to operate a little differently in life just because of our history, what we look like, what, what we're made of, or our makeup in terms of how we were brought up. And you just added another dimension because the fact that us Blasians and mixed folk, we catch it, that's another layer of, of challenges that we catch from, from folks, whether they look like us, whether they look similar to us, whether they don't look like us at all. We catch it from all over. Not to mention the fact that we veterans and may have a little touch of PTSD too, you know what I mean? So, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that because had you not said that today of all day, I would never, would have never known that about you. So, I really appreciate that. So, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you? And if so, what is it that you wish 
I would have asked that you want to talk about? And how would you answer the question? I mean, it's, it's it, it might be kind of little to a lot of people. I, 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 I kind of wish you would ask, and, and I think you, you'll understand when I get done, but um, you remember last year in the middle of the night, <laughs> I called you? Yeah. I, shoot. I, I just wish you would have asked how my wife was doing, you know, and I, you know, I, I would have answered it, you know, she, she's doing okay, she's still trying to understand me, but I, I don't think she can. You know, I mean, we're, we're doing okay and everything. She's trying her best, but I think it was uh, December or something. Might have been January, but we, we got into it again. Mm. You know, and I, I, I can't do this no more. She she don't deserve this. I mean, you know, she forgave me and everything, but you know, this time I didn't black out, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it was so hard. You know, I think you talked about it in group, but it still affects me and, and the guilt that I have, and you know, she all she's trying to do is help me, mm-hmm. and. It's just, I, w- I wish, you know, like, the doctors would listen. You know, I'm trying to, like, it's not even I'm trying to tell them no one. I'm trying to yell it to them, you know, and it's like, okay, we're going to give you a pill. Mm. You know, it's not about pills, man. It's, I need much more than that, you know. I mean, I, I ain't going to lie. I was, I was just thinking about going back to the hospital for a few, maybe months or whatever. It just sucks, man. But, you know, like I said, she, she, we're, we're doing okay. We're working on it. And uh, it's just, I, I just, I, I, I just wish, you know, she had somebody to talk to, you know, a psychologist, or, you know, a psychiatrist or somebody, mm-hmm. a therapist or, you know, and, and I don't know, I, I mean, I know I need help, but, you know, the stuff I'm doing, it's just, I, I, I got a lot of work to do, you know, a lot. Well, listen, brother. That's how I would answer it. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate that. And I do, I do remember the discussion and the conversation at the time. And I can just say that one of the reasons for this discussion in this forum is that first shout out to the VA before I go any further. Let me just say the VA catches a lot of grief, right? We, <laughs> we bash the yeah, VA, yeah. but shout out to them because they're doing the best they can with yeah. the resources that they have and the rules that they have to, right, to follow. Right. However, the VA, you know, not only with yourself, me and others going through what we're going through, they have a certain way of going about things that I don't think addresses all of the things that we're talking about today because the issue that you just discussed is multi-layered and there's a lot of things that contribute to how we feel about stuff. And sometimes I feel like the VA and, and most psychologists, psychiatrists, whatever you want to call, they don't address for whatever reason. I don't know if it's knowledge. I don't know if it's rules. They don't address those issues that we have, meaning, you know, everything you talked about today, everything from how you have to conduct yourself on the job with the bills, right? The bill and the bill 
you know, <laughs> and and how we just have to. We were taught in the military, suck it up, drive on. If you say anything, you're looked at as weak. How when you try to help someone and they take advantage of you and mistake your kindness for weakness, the way you came up and the way, you know, where we grew up, shout out to PG County, right? I mean, <laughs> so, so there's, a certain, there's a certain way we handle things. And then you, you add to that what the military taught you about how you handle things. Then you come into the civilian world and none of these folks is playing by those rules. So you got to walk on right, on eggshells. Right. And so so we're left with not being able to express ourselves and let these things out. And then when we get in a situation trying to sit in front of someone and explain all these things, they don't know where you're coming from. Right. So I'm hoping that, again, I don't have the answers, but at the very least, right, right. The very least, we, we have a safe place where you can at least put it out there and explain to people that this is at least what's going on my, in my head. And we trying to work this thing out. We trying to get better. But we don't have a lot of resources that are addressing these specific issues. And that pill ain't going to get it. You know what I mean? Right. So thank you, brother. I really appreciate you sharing that. And feel free to call me any night. Again, it don't matter. Right? Oh, <laughs> my phone is... Was, and if I got to come get you, just let me know ahead of time. I'm coming to get you, but do I need to bring bail? You know what I mean? I, is that the situation? <laughs> right, right. So just let me know. I'm, I'm on my way. But thank Appreciate you, brother. And, and by all means, we got we to gotta continue that conversation on a, on a later date at a different time. Um, okay. Now, last thing I want to talk about, man, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Current events. I like to okay. talk about current events. Give people an opportunity to, to share What's on their mind about current events? And right now, the current event that's happening is these mass shootings. As we speak, and I have the news on behind us, and there are rallies taking place all over the country, protests, rallies, and whatnot about gun violence. And the, you know, there's pressure on Washington to come up with some, some solutions to this gun violence. And some of the things I'm hearing are up in the legal age for assault or assault style rifles, background checks, mandatory background checks for everybody, uh, banning ARs. So what are your thoughts in general about the whole mass shooting situation? What, what are you thinking about that? It's so sad. I mean, a lot of this could be, I ain't going to say prevented, but as far as the amount of people dying could probably be you know, prevented if we got rid of these assault rifles because you don't need those. I mean, they're talking about, oh, well, we got to keep them in case the government. Hold up. In the history of the United States, the government has never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever attacked a white, you know, a, a farm or, you know, whatever. Now, as far as black people, they done got us in Tulsa. They got us in Philly. They got, I mean, look what they did to the people that was living in Central Park. They got every place we had lived at and they succeeded. They got rid of us. And put us in the hood, you know. I mean, it's everybody has a gun now. I mean, it's. it's I'm not gonna say it's too late, but they need to go ahead and do it like they do, like in other places, like Japan. It takes almost a year to get a gun. You gotta go through training with the gun, shooting ranges, uh, classes, and every year you gotta re up. You know, just like a you know a car or something. That's what they need to do here. It's so simple. Mm. You know, have a background check every year. Have them go through training every year. They got to go to a rifle range every year. They got to, I mean, every year for two weeks or say mm -hmm. a week, not, not, not eight hours a day or nothing, but, you know, say eight hours a year, they have to go through some kind of training or recertification or, you know, a uh, uh, psych evaluation. I mean, just simple things like that. All the other countries are basically mm -hmm. doing Look at the European countries. Look at Japan. They have mental issues. You know, but you don't see nobody going in school shooting up little kids who did nothing to mm. nobody. Then they're talking about the teachers. They need to have guns. Now, what would a teacher have done to this guy who was basically, you couldn't shoot mm -hmm. him, basically, with, with mm -hmm. a pistol? You need a high-power rifle, which the police had, but wouldn't go in and shoot him. I mean, <laughs> it's... 
Now, you see how hard they were on the parents, right. though. They was ready to shoot the right. parents. But they, you know, because they didn't have a gun. But yeah, this guy has a gun there. They don't want to go in there. 19 mm. of them in there. 19 police officers was in the hallway. What were they doing? Eating donuts? They supposed to go and take the fire and get shot, whatever, so the kids right. don't get shot. But these kids, I mean, it's sad that a first grader knows how to, what, what to do in case a, a mass shooter comes into school, but he don't even know his ABCs yet. You know, I mean, it's, it's come on, man. It's All of this could be, I ain't going to say prevented, but they just got to make it harder to get guns. I'm not saying take away nobody's gun, but these assault rifles, when they were banned back in the 90s, when Clinton banned them, it went down 300%. Mm. And then the Republicans made it legal again and went up 1,000%, <laughs> you know? So it's just... I don't know, man. NRA is powerful. Mm. They 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 got a lot of these congressmen and senators under their belt. You know, they they paying them. You know, they they making billions of dollars off these people. So they're gonna keep doing it, man. They ain't, ain't gonna stop. They they're gonna have some BS regulations. Okay, you gotta be twenty one. So you think this eighteen year old won't just ask somebody to get a, a gun for him so he can still go into school? They need to have. I ain't gonna lie. I think they need to have veterans in the mm. school. Okay. I'm just put, putting it out there. Just have, I mean, I, I'm not saying, you know, it's going to happen, but if I was in that school, I know, okay, he can't shoot around the corners like I can, you know, or, you know, I, I know how to right, right. cover right, and right. conceal, I right. guess you could say. And in the Marine Corps, they teach you one shot, one kill. Now, that one police officer, he shot, he couldn't kill him because he had bulletproof stuff on, you know, you got to shoot him in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, shoot him in the face. I hit him in the face. <laughs> You know, I was an expert marksman. I mean, I I, right I, I, I was a good shot. So I'm, I'm going. I'm taking him out. You know, he ain't gonna get no kids. You know, I mean, I, I'm taking him out. But you know, I just feel for the police because you know they they gonna get it either if they do good or bad. You know, so it's just we all gotta take responsibility. And like I said, you can't take nobody's guns because that means only the police and bad people gonna have guns. You know, so. But these assault weapons, they, they don't need those. They don't need those. You know, talking about they might have to, have to fight the government. Well, what you going to do against a tank? You know, what's an AR-15 going to do against a tank? Right. You know what I mean? Come right. on now. You know, they talking that bull. <laughs> my, my uncle was in West Virginia used to shoot with a bow and arrow. That's how they hunted. You know? Now, I'm not going to say they didn't have guns. They did have their rifles, a 30-odd-6, a 22, a 12-gauge. No machine guns, no assault weapons. They just had uh, no weapons for hunting. But they preferred the bow and arrow. <laughs> you know, that's a mm. challenge. I don't know. It's just sad, man. We had sad times right now. I feel you, man. That's that's um I appreciate that answer. And I'm gonna share this with you. Um I'm not gonna give my opinion on the whole gun thing. Um I'll I'll wait for another day on that. But I will say this, and I don't even know if I, I may cut this out, but you know, we, we uh, in group, we always end by saying the serenity prayer. And it starts, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. And I say it with everybody because everybody else says it. But part of me is like, I have a problem with that first line. It says, grant me the serenity to accept right. the things I cannot change. Whereas, why not? change the things that I cannot accept. Why can't we concentrate on changing the things we cannot accept? One of the things that we I like that. I like that. You know, we we can't accept school shootings. We can't accept grocery store shootings. We can't accept that. And I just feel like the the serenity prayer, put it like this. If you gave that serenity prayer to slaves on a plantation, there would still be slavery because they would ask for the serenity to accept the things that they can't change and they could not change slavery. Am I going too deep? Let me stop, man. Let me just... <laughs> I like that. I like I'm that. I'm not trying to, you know... I like that. But I just I just have a problem with, you know, this, this notion that we have to... Certain things are happening to people. And, you know, I believe in God and I believe in a powerful God and I don't believe to... That I need to ask this powerful God to just help me to accept this wrongdoing that just, I just got, I just got to, and forgive me if anybody's out there listening that 
Serenity prayer. I know he just didn't say that. I did. Yeah, I did. But where's the lie at? Where's the <laughs> I'm lie? Just, I mean, I mean, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Well, you know, those who might, you know, some who out there may may not, uh, they may think that I'm saying something against, you know, it's a prayer. Why? How, how are you not going to agree with a prayer? Well, I don't want to agree with that person who came up with that prayer. Whatever. Yeah, God right. didn't like the prayer. <laughs> so, Anyway, I don't want to cause no controversy, man. We, you know, we just get started. I don't want to have nobody <laughs> tuning out. But, but listen, brother, we are at the end of this. Um, let me just first say, man, thank you, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me today. You could have been doing anything else, but you chose to spend this little time with me. And thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate you. Oh man, all oh, my pleasure, man. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Okay, it made me feel better. <laughs> well, that's good. That's what it's for. And I hope you come back, man. I hope you you come back and we can continue some conversations about some other things, you know. Let me just say, uh, I didn't say this earlier, but I got to say yeah. this. You know, I feel for the families, mm-hmm. the, 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 the parents, the, the brothers, the sisters, the grandparents of, of those, you know, victims in Buffalo, in Texas, you know, all throughout the United States for this senseless mm-hmm. violence that could be prevented. Right, right. You know, it's just so sad, you know, because, I mean, it's like, this is so messed up to say, but it's just, it's just like, they're not killing the right people. That's why nothing's being done. <laughs> well, you, you know? said a mouthful just I mean, did. That's so messed up you to say. You said a mouthful just did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody can say anything, what I just said, <laughs> I don't care. It's just that, you know, if, if one of their kids got killed, they would have had a law written the same day. You know, preventing this and preventing that and all this, but you know, it's 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 just sad. I feel you. You know, they they gonna mess with the wrong one. You, they gonna mess with the wrong one, and it's it's gonna be ugly. I feel you. And and that that right. no that that that's a good point. And I think you know we you need to come back, man, because we need to continue that conversation. We need to we need to talk about that. Did you hear what the uh, the parents of the guy who in Buffalo? You hear what they said? Why he did what he mm-hmm. did? What? What? Is, I didn't hear it. They said he did what he did because of COVID. Because of COVID. <laughs> I didn't even hear that. Even though he had that manifesto, right, right. he had that big big manifesto. Mm-hmm. But they are talking about oh he did it because of COVID. See that well, right there. That's why he did it because he had parents. Well, like, listen, man. I I didn't hear it. I didn't know about that. But I will say that. As a parent right. myself, I'll say anything to get my kid out of trouble. So, yeah, you know, tell him, man. I, you know, I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, they might have been on something else. But but as I said, man, we please, if, if you know, if you ever have the time, I want you to come back and, and we have, you know, some right, right. discussions about some stuff. Might even talk about PG County some more. We, we you know, we got to okay. talk about that. But anyway, brother, again, thank you so much. And uh, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll wrap this up. May God keep you. May God bless you. And may God be with you. Thank you, brother. Amen. Amen.